Welcome to Card Slingers, coming to you coast to coast. Hi, I'm Jamie Elford from Portland, Oregon, representing the West Coast. I'm Melissa Sonova, speaking to you from the Midwest here in St. Louis. And I'm Hillary, the New Yorker. We're going to talk about what we like about the cards. And what we don't like. What we're learning. And what we're teaching. It's all about slinging them cards. Hey, everybody. Today, we're, we have a listener question. Uh, and uh, it's about, have you ever... Jamie, tell me tell me the question again so I don't have to paraphrase it. You got it. it. Um, so our listener question is, are there any cards you straight up disagree with the description listed in the Little White Book? And secondary, how did you discover the meaning it has for you? And I think that's a really great question because when you're first starting, at least back in the day, all you had to go by was the book. And um, mine, I, I learned from, uh, from oh my God, what is her name? Eden Gray. <sighs> it's just Eden, Eden Gray. Gray. That's right. Mm-hmm. And she had this very specific thing that um, anybody who came up as a pentacle in the court cards had dark hair and eyes. And anybody who was a sword had light hair and eyes. And it took me a while to realize that that's just complete bullshit. But I was trying to like make it work with the readings I was trying to learn how to give. And I just kept going, I guess, dark hair and eyes. And they're like, no, he's a blonde, you know, and it just it it the true life application of my readings negated what she'd said in the book so often that I finally realized it was bullshit, you know. Yeah. And but that's a hard thing to come to because these people who have written books um or who have websites or podcasts or whatever, they're the experts, right? Mm-hmm. So when you're just learning something, you trust what you're what's written on the page until you don't. You know, and I think it's a really great stage of learning when you start questioning your teachers. So right. boy, Hillary just made a face on that. No, no. I mean, like I, I made sure to write that in, like to put that in my book, the whole part about that's the part of your learning process is to, you know, when you're talking about the little white book or you're talking about a companion guide or you're talking about, and then it starts to contradict your own intuition and what you're seeing in the cards and your personal connections um, or outright negating it. It's just like, it's very mm-hmm. scary. And you're just like, well, I'm just learning. Like, what the fuck do I know about right. this card? And you often will give more credence or greater credence to the things that are written. And that's a really a mistake. And it sometimes can be an obstacle to continuing your tarot journey. Like some people stop right there and think that they're a bad reader because yes. they're not seeing you know, what the book is saying. And it's just like, that's actually quite natural. (laughs) You nailed it. You absolutely fucking nailed it. I think for, um, to take a step back, even like for Liz and I, we're about the same age and we grew up with the eighties, the early eighties type of little white booklets that did have those meanings of this is, you know, a black haired guy or blonde haired woman and stuff for like the court cards, which, you know, Liz is right, doesn't apply to like, you know, a deeper reading, like, you know, where am I going in life? 
<laughs> you know, it's like, I don't want to rely on somebody else to figure out who I'm going to be in life. Right. And, and so this, this question, fuck yeah, there are a bunch of descriptions in little white booklets, especially the early, um, the earlier ones that still, that did this weird kind of, they tried to create their own meanings, but also kind of kept to that old 1800s fortune telling language that like, yes, all the old dead guy, white guy things, you know, put in like, like Arthur E. Waite, who literally, you know, and then there was even a discussion around that where, like, uh, the public-facing stuff that he wrote wasn't the correct sanctity of the tarot because, you know, they did, it, that stuff was secretive. So the question, you know, become, I mean, really, I think all of us have answered that first part. Yes, hella. There are straight up cards and descriptions and complete little white books that we don't agree with. As somebody who's written over 20 little white booklets, um, I even hate some of the stuff I wrote in my earlier, you know, forays into it because, um, you know, even though I've read tarot for over 30 years and I've read books and Again, like what Hillary was saying, I grew up in that age where I almost negated my own stuff because, you know, uh, in, in Denver, Colorado in the 80s and early 90s, there was no other books really except for those little white booklets. Mm-hmm. So when my intuition would, or the reading would tell the story of something that wasn't in those booklets, I almost gave up because I was just like, you know, this is not me, which is why I wrote my book, Tarot Inspired Life, the way I did, because I want these new readers to come to come in and discover the meanings for themselves first mm-hmm. and then go to the experts and see the history, the language, the backstories behind what, you know, the cards actually, you know, quote unquote, actually meant, but not, and then learn what all the cool shit they can do. Because some of us were taught you can only use the cards to read for others. Exactly. Or if you read for yourself, it's just once a day. And I'm like, that's fucking bullshit. I've got, you know, (laughs) I've got so many fucking decks I want to play with. I've got too many questions and I've got too many decks to play with. Like, let's not... Let's not do that. Let's not limit yeah, I mean, myself to one the, question yeah, or one reading a day. What's the, I mean, like back then, decks for, you know, $20, $30. And it's like, well, why bother spending 30 bucks on something you can only use for yourself once a day? Or like, you know, nowadays, spend $100 on a really cool indie deck and then be told, don't, you can't read with them unless it's. Or for, you can't read for yourself or you shouldn't yeah. read for yourself. Which or, to me is bullshit. You know, yeah. it's complete bullshit. I think it's a really healthy thing to go into any line of study with a very healthy bullshit ometer, like, mm-hmm. you know, and make sure that, that you're letting, yeah, let the, that let the experts guide you, but don't let them lead you blindly. You know, mm-hmm. there has to be some pushback. There has to be some questioning. There's like, I, I think the moon card is about fear. Um, primarily and almost everybody disagrees with me like every book i've ever read disagrees with that um but i put it in my book because that's how i see that part i see it as is um a watery reflected light that can't really be trusted um mm-hmm. and uh mm-hmm. and a lot of people think that that's bullshit and i think that that's great you know i think that that's awesome you disagree with me by all means find out what it means for you 
And the second part of that question, right? Like how did, how did you start believing your own or figuring it out for yourself? It's by questioning those things that we read and by doing readings and finding out ah, that doesn't really line up with how I see the card. And then you start developing your own language and your own interpretation of the card as you work. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like this, this weird language development with the tarot where you start to develop your own shorthand. And then sometimes that shorthand can be conveyed to other tarot readers where it's just like three of swords. I'm having a three of swords kind of day. And it's just like, oh, okay. I know exactly what that means without having to go into the details of exactly why it's a bad day. (laughs) You know, it's just like, it's a three of swords kind of day or it's a tower kind of moment. Like that tarot shorthand can come in handy when you're talking with other tarot readers. But then at the same time, you know, it, I have the opinion of, I think companion books can be wonderful. I think the little white book can be a great learning tool. And I do have the opinion that you kind of have to learn the rules before you start to break them. But the problem is a lot of people rigidly conform to those rules or those keywords or those interpretations that they read in the book so that it becomes more of a hindrance rather than a teaching tool, a stepping stone into your own understanding of the tarot and what it means. So it can be a little bit of like, yes, they're great, but. (laughs) Well, and something that I keep saying, I I think on this podcast, or I say in to to everybody, including Liz and Hill here, is that, you know, again, as somebody who's written over 20 of these things, you know, there are two types of little white books that you can actually kind of write if you're lucky and you kind of, you know, get a publisher to publish your vision of a deck. You might be unlimited in what book, you know, or, you know, space you have. Like Melissa and, you know, Llewellyn, they, you know, she got to do whatever she did for the Scorpio Seas. Um, for me at Los Garabeo, all, all the contract work I've done, I was limited to um, word counts slash character counts. So, right. yeah, and that's including spaces. So I was told maybe like the, the book for Heaven and Earth and the Runic could go over 50,000 characters, English. Yeah. For the big book. For the little booklets, um, that can go up to, that can be like anywhere between um, like 20,000 on up to 60,000 characters. And that's, you know, uh, um, the 20,000s, eight pages of typed material. So again, if you get one of these smaller booklets, like even the Triple Goddess Tarot, which was kind of my vision, my, my early 2017's vision of what I saw tarot. Right. And with the agnostic triple goddess, you know, vision, it's it. I had, you know, 60,000 characters for the long text English form. And that's not a whole lot to tell the stories or the visionings. Like, I I still will answer questions about those cards because it is kind of a different site. Like the four pentacles being um, the olden days would be like the miserly person, the penny pincher, you know, save your, your coins has a woman on that card that's sharing the wealth because in some cases I in the modern decks we flip those meetings like you mm-hmm. know you know why hoard it all you know you got to share some of it to get more you know that's kind of right. a personal interpretation that I put in and that trips a lot of people up so yeah. you know again it's you know sometimes those 
the just the ones that just have straight up keywords aren't really the best teaching tools. And I love and that Hillary said what what you said. I mean, that's kind of our homework. But how like when I write for these things, I I look at a beginner's mind where I look at the cards, you know, like as um um you know with beginner's mind as um Mary Kay Greer said, look at the picture, describe the mm-hmm. picture, name yep. the card. That's kind of like how you how really early beginners can start to discover the meaning. I was at a mega yeah. a couple of weeks ago, and um, I I got a you know a reading by this uh, Puerto Rican, and it was funny because you know as we're talking about Little White Book and how and how tarot is the language, she had to flip between uh, answering or you know doing the meanings in her head in in Spanish. And then have to translate it out her mouth in English. Yeah. Anybody who speaks more than one language is amazing. Yeah. First of all. But yeah, the level of translation, I think, is a really important part. Because if if you look at the Little White Book as a guide, it's just a guide. It's it's just trying to get you there. It has been edited. It was written by a human. Um, it is fallible. You know, any written word is fallible. Um, yeah. because it was written by a human. So um, when you're learning, you know, look for the synchronicities that you find between sources. Look for the synchronicities yeah. you find. Like if me and Hill and Jamie all agree that the star means grace, then that's pretty much you can you can uh, you can go to the bank on that, you know. But if if I say that the moon is fear and Hillary and Jamie are like, oh, the moon is fear. Up, then you know use your own discernment mm-hmm. you, you know question question everything yeah and and not quite the, the thing about skepticism is like i think there's great room for healthy skepticism among yes. tarot and among tarot readers and getting a reading but like don't be a skeptic or for skeptics sake like don't be a cynic like don't come into a reading being like i'm going to just prove all of this and it's just like because you will find evidence to support your own belief system that's just how humans work if you think tarot is not going to work for you then it's not going to work for you that's you know? your story <laughs> So, you know, you can have that, you know, healthy dose of skepticism. And I think like, like, that's part of the reason why I loved tarot, even after all of these years, because I came to it really just like, there's no possible way, you know, there's no way like, and I've had readings from people where it's just like, there's no way that they could have known that about me or known that about my relationships or known that about, you know, how I speak or how I interact with someone. Um, And same thing's true for, you know, one of my newer modalities, tapping, EFT, the emotional freedom technique. It's just like that, that is very intuitively based as a practitioner. It's just like, how do you know how to speak those words that speak to someone's soul to move these issues through? It's just like, there's, I've seen too much proof to the contrary about like, this is not going to work. And it's just like, but, but I've seen it. It's just like seeing is believing mm-hmm. in some of these cases, but 
when we talk about skepticism, have a healthy skepticism. Don't yeah. use it as a block to like completely negate. Oh, it's just coincidence. Oh, it's just, it's like, that's how tarot works. It works in pattern recognition and synchronicities yep. and something else that we can't put our finger on. And we probably never will be able to put our finger on. Like yeah. that's how tarot works. Like I love <laughs> it. How I've been doing this now. We've all been doing this for almost 30 years and or over 30 years. And, uh, and someone will come up and ask me and say, how does tarot work? And I'll be like, fuck if I know. That's it. I don't know. It just does. It just does. I can offer you lots of theories, but it just does. Yeah. Again, and, um, you know, we all have our theories. Yep. Mm-hmm. And yep, I think, so- I, I think this, I think this, like, how do we offer like homework about this particular thing is like that compares, like I like to compare different decks and then intuit my own meanings based on the commonalities and the differences in the decks. And I always find it fascinating Mm -hmm. because I allow my clients to choose the deck that they're going to be read from. And like, 90% of the time, there is a symbol in the card that they picked that is not a usual symbol for that particular traditional visual depiction of the card. And that ends up being like the most pertinent part of the reading or the message that they need to hear in that moment. But I think comparing and contrasting can really um, tell you what these meanings of the different tarot decks are, the different tarot cards are, without having to, I don't know, rely so much on the companion book, especially if you disagree with, you know, I love, I love Jamie's old, old white men, <laughs> old white men depiction or interpretation of the cards that is yeah. now solidified into this little white book that was written however many years ago that doesn't speak to necessarily a modern person's experience at all, let alone their experience with the tarot. You know what's funny, Hillary, is that I was beginning to write down a homework statement that literally says what you just stated pretty much. They look at your deck or decks and compare compare the images. (laughs) It's like Like we're psychic. And using the term the synchronicities, look for the synchronicities, look at the differences. And I, I added in though, Keep a list of these meetings. Like this every, is where your tarot journal will come into play. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Keep a list of them and add your own. Like one of the things I do after I write all my LWBs, uh, my little white books, um, is that I have a master template of everything I've ever written. And I add in all the keywords that are different to that list just to see the variety. Like as we're going back to this moon, the, the moon moon example that Melissa says. Her primary Mm. keyword is fear, whereas mine's like, you know, uh, shadow, you know, look at your shadow side. Hillary, Mm -hmm. what would yours be if you had secrets? Secrets. Yeah. So here we go. And that's based based on um, one of the decks that I used a lot when I was first starting out, which was um, Legend, the Arthurian Tarot by Anna Marie Ferguson, just the lake like the depiction of the lake and the moon and the reflection on the lake. It's just like, it's very pretty, but you don't know what's going on underneath the surface. That's, that's always what I think of. I think of that. I think it's, I think it might be called like Bala Lake. I might be confusing the two decks that she did, um, Legend and Llewellyn Tarot as well. But it's just like, I think about secrets. And then sometimes when the moon card comes up reverse, depends on the reading, of course, um, I think, oh, secrets are going to be revealed. Nice. I yeah. love it. So Nice. 
And, you know, that's just one example from the deck where three people have three very different ideas um, that are kind of similar, sort of, but not really. And that's okay because the way that we read the cards is the way that we read the cards. And the way that you read the cards is the way that you read the cards. The way that you read the cards is correct. Just as correct as mine or Hillary's or James. Mm -hmm. So go do your homework. Thank you so much for joining us uh, at Cardslingers Coast to Coast. You can check out more episodes at cardslingerscc.podbeam.com. And please send us your questions at cardslingerscc at gmail.com. We'll see you next time.